What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. This is Matt, of course, and I want to remind you guys that we're going to be going to one episode a week in the main podcast feed for the rest of the summer, and that is uh, at least for the rest of the summer, but we're working on the Emory record. Emory, if you'll recall, is uh, that Christian screamo band from like the late 90s or something. We still do that too, by the way. We have a new album coming out. We're in the middle of finishing it, and we got a bunch of tour dates and stuff, so we're going to work on that. I'll tell you what the good news is for podcast people and the BC Club is we're going to make extra episodes for them but them only. So if you've not joined the BC Club, please do that. Go to thebcclub.com and you'll get two extra episodes a week from the Bad Christian Podcast. And also there are Emory tour dates, of course, in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, that is uh, Denver, and then all through Texas, Arkansas, and Georgia coming up very soon, like in a couple of weeks. So go to emorymusic.com and please come see us, get those tickets, get the VIP tickets, and we'll hang out, do acoustic sets, take questions, take pictures, and make sure we get to meet all the people that want to meet us. Okay, here we go. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Guys, I want to do the softest intro ever. Three, two, one. Hit it, Joey. It's the <laughs> I think the fans have to be so glad this isn't our normal energy. But there's a lot of podcasts where this is the way they do Sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. Is this enough? Can we take it up now? Yeah, we can take it up. That's a lot better. Man, our bros out there love that. Our bros are worried, and now our bros are satisfied. Oh, yeah. Back to Ooh. just bro tone here. Oh, I gotta yeah, get that just bro dirt, tone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't appreciate your bro tone, dude. I love being called a bro. I embrace it fully. It's hilarious. I love it. I mean, I've been called like the gay weirdo yeah. from where I'm from. I know. Now that people call me a bro, right? Because well, I wear a <laughs> hat hilarious. or something, or yeah. I, I don't, you know, don't have the same yeah. view as somebody else on a topic. I don't know what. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Bro your dressing. whole world has changed. You I'm got, a weird you used to get made fun kid of. Or something. You used to get yeah. made fun of Nerd. by that side. Yeah. yeah. And now it totally has flipped. So the other people are making fun of you now. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I love and it. the bro world exception. Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a Christian rocker. I spent my life dedicated to Christian screamo. Right. And now I'm a progressive. And I embrace it. That's right. it. I just make it my Twitter profile. That's fine. That's what that, I That's am. what makes people so mad, though. If you call me bro, I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm I don't, not going to get mad. I don't, you can't really say anything to make me mad. Yeah, what, okay. Anything you say, go, okay, I, cool. I don't all of a sudden think that I'm an SAE because somebody calls right. me bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my Facebook page, my wife posted a picture of her and I chilling on a boat and I just can never get over how bad Christian listeners can't separate family life and podcast life. So way? she posts that picture and somebody who I don't even know who's obviously a listener of the podcast writes gay. <laughs> <laughs> so A, not only is that very offensive yeah. to use that as a derogatory put down but also it's just like just let my family alone <laughs> but i really i i don't take offense to it at was all was she man it was no, on, it was she, on her post yeah but but there was a situation in which i think this was 3 years ago when my son his first year at K5 there was a picture taken of him from his first day of school and i posted it and someone ragged on another kid in his classroom oh, on the instagram post calling him fat calling I had to delete it because oh, I didn't want this terrible. mom seeing her kid first day at school and one of our listeners calling him fat. Yeah. I mean, it's just, come on, listeners. The day that Georgia was Behave. born, I put a picture of you know my two 20-minute-old infant on uh, Emory's page. I was just yeah. so happy about everything. And um, somebody in the comments, I, w- I went through the comments to see what people were saying about my new baby. I was all excited about it. And somebody said that she's, you know... I don't remember what they said, retarded, Down syndrome, something like that. They said that? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I mean, it really bothered me because I didn't, I was like, 
Well, maybe I, I didn't know if she. I didn't know. Like, oh, you thought maybe they noticed something. Yeah, I just like, I, oh my yeah. god! For a second, I was like, well, I mean, it bought, it, it bought, I didn't. Ta- Shit. I just, I just thought, wait a second. Shit. I think that's just an insult, which I could let roll. But may, maybe it's just maybe they see, noticed something the doctors hadn't noticed yet. <laughs> that's what I was I, thinking. Some people don't realize like we have some equity with each other, and right. the way we talk. Yeah. You, you don't have that. I right. don't yeah. know you. I actually right. don't know. I, we might have talked on the social media once or twice, or something, but I don't know you. So not every time. Like if I make a joke with you, Joey, right. you know me. Right. Like, you but, know what I mean? But I was just going to ask you, do you think that is a admirable accomplishment that we've done that our listeners feel comfortable In a way. to call me fat dog hater? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, because because honestly, right. and, uh, and and I, I'm not saying this in a knock at all. I totally understand and even vouch for support her. But it does bother Priscilla sometimes yeah. when just listeners I, who yeah, don't yeah. know me say degrading stuff. They're like, F them. Well, Matt and Toby can say that stuff. Yeah. But are you kidding me? They don't even know you. I have a real strong opinion on that. And I, I mean, to me, and I understand, I really believe that there's people in the world who are fragile and have had hard times that really can't take certain types of humor. I understand that people can be offended easily. And I I don't, you know, that's that's fine. But if you have context with somebody, if you know somebody, if you can really find that person's point, like where's the line? Can you push this person with love? If you know them enough, can you give them a hard time? That is beneficial. And yeah. that, I, I've never seen more growth in people than in those types of environments when it's firm, it's hard. There's a little bit of a pecking order to it. You, you give the new guy a little bit of a hard time, but just, uh, just the right amount in love. You can only do that with great context and with great care. Otherwise, yeah. you're just being a dickhead. Yeah. And so if you take it away from context and trying to find out, like, you know, we give Reva a really hard time. And I, it's it's so so good. And it can be really funny. But also, it's like, you have to really be able to appreciate that and have enough history. And the, the longer you know somebody, the, the meaner you can be to them. And mean's not really the right word, but you know what I'm saying? You have right. to find that line, and that's that's where real growth... People should be near the line. I, I know when people step over the line, you go, well, that's over the line. But at least they were trying, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's okay right. to step over the line sometimes, right. but you should be approaching it yeah. if you know somebody. And I understand there's people that are abuse victims, this, that, and, you know, you, you don't, it's not like you're supposed to just go around being a dick to people and say that helps them. I, that is not true. Yeah, That's not how it works, but right. people interpret that as like... Oh, so you just be a dick and like haze people? No, I mean that's not that's not what it is. So see, I, I see those things as kind of going along with the territory because one of my favorite compliments that we get is, man, it feels like I just hang out with you guys right. every day. I feel like I just you know in a locker room yeah. or hanging out at the bar or something. And yeah. so I think it comes along with the territory. People jumping into our mm-hmm. inside jokes. Yeah, I think it's kind of good. Yeah, well, sometimes I, it people, me, but, I, I mean, it, it just kids, it, so. like uh, Matt went on Mar- the Marco Polo, the uh, the BC Club Marco yeah. Polo, and as soon as he showed a picture of me, just several shut the fuck up, Toby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately, that's the first thing anybody wants to say to me. Immediately, I'm like, showed oh. a picture of you. What did I, you I, I was on Marco, Marco Polo. Oh, I mean, there's Toby the right there, and the people. Oh, gotcha. you know, yeah, he like, was taking a Marco Polo, and you can tell that the association with them is, oh, Toby's the guy that like yells at people. So shut it's like, shut the fuck up, Toby. That's the first thing anybody wants to say to me. So I appreciate it. Hey, the other day, I, I, would you got? Do y'all ever think? Man, I did something to someone a long time ago. I should probably apologize, or you're just like, eh, I, no never apologize. I never apologize. Never done anything wrong. I, I definitely do. Yeah, there I are do. tons of times in my life where I like just it, you know, did yeah. what, you know I, I overanalyze. I, I it. thought this was pretty pertinent to some of the stuff that we talk about, given the spiritual context. So, I actually, when I moved out to Seattle to hang out with you guys, Priscilla and I both moved out to Seattle. It was you only actually moved to Linwood. Yep, Linwood. It was for a stint. And then when we came back, basically, once we told our pastor that we were coming, by the uh, between the time we told him and when we arrived in Charleston, we had both gotten jobs. Priscilla, children's director, me, student director. Well, there was a volunteer, uh, you call them, y'all know what a high-capacity volunteer is, right? Just someone just is killing it, man, but they're not getting paid. They're high-capacity well, there was a, a really awesome girl that was doing this with the youth ministry, serving, highly involved. And honestly, when the person that was currently the youth director stepped away, she just kind of made sense to fill those shoes. Like she was, but nope, 
uh, the pastor at the time saw me as the guy who was going to come back from uh, Seattle and pretty much take over and oversee her. Basically, you know, Uh she doesn't get the job sort of thing. So spiritual authority is something that I was really being mentored early on. And it basically had something, I'll, I'll summarize it like this, is that if you have a role in the church, that is an anointed role. And if someone speaks out against, this is going to drive you crazy, Matt. If someone <laughs> speaks out against that, they're speaking out against the Lord. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. I'm the spiritual authority. And and it's my responsibility to say, hey, I'm sorry. God has put me in charge, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. I'm being guided by him. And sure, I'll hear you guys out, but I've, I've got to. And that, it never felt totally good for me. I mean, so, obviously. So, Feels so manipulative. He, yeah. So here, bit. here's what happened. So Priscilla and I moved back to Charleston, and I was thinking about this the other day because July the fourth of two thousand five, we took all these kids out, and this uh, girl, and <clears throat> excuse me, her name is Kelly. She was hanging out with the kids too, and it just felt very uncomfortable for her. She doesn't know me, and I'm coming in basically to her territory. Right. All these kids that she's been spending weeks and months in the last year with, and I, I'm taking over. I'm yeah. calling the shots. I and what I felt so bad about when I was thinking about that is I was really, I wasn't mean to her. I didn't, you, you guys know me, I wasn't bossy and I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to yeah. kick ass and take names, but I did not slow down to consider how hard that was for her. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was, she has to deal with the Lord. <laughs> oh, God God right. put me here. It's She's terrible. got to deal with that. Right. So uh, over time, I think it just became so hard for her, and and honestly, it just it ended up just not working out. So I was thinking about that because I have changed so much. Like I just don't think along those lines. And I was like, who was I to just show up on the scene and to expect her to just deal with it and not care about her feelings, not really trying to help her process it through or anything like that? So. <laughs> 13 years later, oh my I gosh. reach out to her and I said, hey, <laughs> I know it's been a while, um, but I do just feel like I, I need to apologize that I didn't slow down to consider how hard that was for you, me coming back to Charleston, taking over, and uh, she pretty much said, nah, you're such a sweetheart, that's so awesome of, for you to say that, but no big deal and everything. To be quite honest with you, I do think that if she was completely honest, she would yeah. say, no, I accept your apology. That was hard. But I just, I don't know. I mean, because I think in organizations, there does need to, and, and I know that's why you guys will never work at an organization where you have to answer to someone. But, <laughs> but, but I, I, I don't, I'm not anti. I don't know that I've made that statement, but you're probably right. I'm yeah. not anti-authority. I know in like corporations, there's got to be structure. I do think organizations are stronger when there's more liberty given to, uh, you know, the the people on the bottom of the totem pole, if you want to call it that or, or whatever. But I mean, Toby, you, you are under my leadership style for like three or four years, I think you can vouch for the fact that I was not some authoritative, do right. this, do that. I mean, I right. wanted you guys to give input. I, I mean, I'll, half the times, maybe y'all wanted me to be a little more assertive and make yeah. decisions and those sorts of things. But I mean, in the church context, there's got to be that's some just, sort of... No, that's just terribly lazy thinking. Like, And it's just so uncritical. Like, That's just what drives me crazy about authority stuff when there is authority and there's not criticism and i don't mean like criticism like any other than just critical thinking about what is going on and why who has what authority and when it can't be just permanent or universal it's like the people say they say the same thing about stupid trump yeah like well god put him there so yeah there you go yeah that's, i mean that's the most stupidest thing i've ever heard yeah it's the same thing about oh well that's the youth pastor he was yeah. placed there by god himself I mean, yeah that's fucking the stupidest thing yeah. i've ever heard so, so check this out there's a book called spiritual authority by this guy named watchman knee and I would love for you to read it just so you'll have a nervous breakdown. Maybe <laughs> but basically, listen to the listen to the sorts of stuff that they get out of stories in the Bible. Like he takes the story of Noah drunk in his tent, and his son. I think it's Ham that goes in there and is like, ha, 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 "You guys got to check this out and everything." Basically, that was such a grave offense to his father's authority. That's why yeah. him 
and all of his descendants. I mean, were Jesus said to render it unto Caesar. I mean, you know, right. like you could just twist that. That one's been horribly twisted, right. and I just find it. Yeah, I think that's right. really offensive. But I've d- done it. Like I've been in a system at Mars Hill where I was like, I guess I'll give this authority thing a shot. I'll submit and see how that goes. You know? right. And I really did try. Right. I mean, well, that, I do think an element of submission is yeah, not for not sure bad. Uh, for sure. I mean, it could even be good. Yeah. I mean, we want our but our that, kids. But, but even that is, was it was terrible. It didn't turn out good. And the worst right. part about it is I have the same experience as you did. I mean, I, I've had to apologize to somebody recently. It was one of my best friend's wife of time when they were having a bad, bad time in their marriage. And she, she called me for advice and I was, and he needed help or something. I was real, I said, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be authoritative. I was, you know, I took that stuff from that culture right. and just was just rough, like right. really, really rough. That was, I'm sure it was not helpful at all and yeah. or abusive. And I thought it was the right thing of how you help. Cause that's what I'd seen. And you know, you just tell people and all that. And I just, you know, I had to apologize for it. Yeah. And it was, the, it was the same, same situation. <laughs> like, Oh no, it's okay. I was like, ah, I'm sure you didn't think that at the yeah. time though. Cause I remember what it felt like. Let's, listen know. to this. So at Seacoast church, it's, you know, there's all sorts of people involved in our campus, you know, we we answered to people, and this is when Toby was uh, our our worship leader. There was a person that we were trying to figure out whether or not we needed to let go. And I I told Toby, I said we should probably talk to the person that oversees like the whole worship department before we were to let this person know. You know what Toby's response was? He's like. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, of course we have to talk to them. And Tony's like, why do I have to talk to them? I'm I'm having to deal with all this hands-on. I don't need to have their buy-in, but... It's just crazy, man. Because I do. Listen, you I say mean, that because I just don't realize authority or what? Like no, just I, I was surprised that you were like. I could tell by your tone, you're like, we're not doing that. We're not going <laughs> to ask somebody. Are you kidding me? But I mean, here's the sort of dangerous territory. I was in a room with a bunch of pastors, and we were talking about accountability and everything. And I said, I was like, honestly, I think the people that we should turn to for accountability are the people that work with us day to day, which is our staff. And there was a pastor that was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, I'm not doing that with my staff. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be accountable to them. And I'm like, what? So you're going to be accountable to someone that only sees you that's, one hour of the month? That's right. so gross, I man. mean, so so the people that I wanted to be accountable to was Toby, yeah. was Jennifer. Mm-hmm. What, the people that I worked with, they saw me all the time. So right. I'm not going to allow them to say, hey, Joey, you're being an asshole right now. Right. Now, obviously within reason, but just in the same way, I want to be within reason of how I talk to them too. I yeah. mean, it's just crazy that a pastor would say no accountability with Submission the people that I and accountability with. and authority. I mean, I, even leaving the word authority out are so abused and, 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 you know, accountability is like a more natural thing than an official thing. It just, yeah. it, it's just a more natural thing Yeah, where it's like, you know that's the these systems where it, people check themselves and you check each other and it happens organically and naturally is obviously superior. Right. It's just obviously and and then the other ones are so I don't know. There's only one thing that I've ever prayed about and God was pretty silent. Yeah, and it was how how I looked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think my prayers have finally been answered because of Indochino suits. I'm telling you. So did God answer your prayers? Or that's what I wondered. Is Indochino God, your God? God might be using. No, God. Indochino. Yeah, it's like change, he used it, evolution obviously it's changing as a lives. process to yeah. create you. But as he, a company, he, yeah, he as, just, uh, uh, as confidence. I mean, this Indochino is a confidence maker for me. It gave me so much confidence. I went on to Indochino.com, was able to just go through this very easy process. They make it kind of fun and easy uh, just to make my suit tailor made for me and then i was even able to put little cool things uh you know like my cuff links i was able to put on the inside lapel uh unstoppable badass is written in there i just loved it and when i got it it just fit like that's never happened off the rack you know i've been to you have to go to several different stores and do this and this and then even if you get a good suit you might still have to have it tailored or something it's already comes tailored with indochino that's why i love it It, indochino is one of the is the world's largest made to measure menswear company and has been featured in all kinds of publications like gq forbes fast company they make suits, suits and shirts made to your exact measurements for a great fit. It, and, and once again, let me just tell you how it works real quick. Visit the showroom or shop online at Indochino.com. Pick your fabric, choose your customization, submit your measurements, and wait for your custom suit to arrive. So this week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379. I mean, I can't believe that price. It's amazing. At Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for made-to-measure premium suit. Uh, 
Plus, shipping is free, by the way. That's Indochino.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN, for any premium suit for just $379 and free shipping. Incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. Oh, so I, I think I have another kind of a confession thing that's in line with that there. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just thinking about it. When you, when you say that about the authority and that other stuff, it makes me realize, like, I, the only time in my life I've ever given anything like going under authority, this makes me sound terrible, but it's true. The only time that I've ever tried to go under authority or Mr. submission. Mr. Cone, your teacher? No, it was, it was at Mars Hill, of course. Yeah. And the way I did it, I even look back at it now, and, and I was just... Basically, I saw a system that I could exploit, and I worked it by submission. Like I, I just totally realized that now. That just to, just now, I realized that's so. What basically, it was. how like you worked it to your advantage. All I did was go and show up and start volunteering in a way that I knew I was highly overqualified for, and that I I knew you know like as a sound person or and I'd never you know I just was super submissive. Yeah, and then I knew it, I would get recognized as a talented person that was submissive and then go straight up. And yeah. of course that did happen, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking of it in those terms, but I realized I was just gaming what would be rewarded there. Right. right. And that's, that's where it gets really, I mean that you can't help it in the moment, but you just work. And that's all, whatever some the of that's even is. subconscious. And oh, of course, right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But now I look back at it and I just had to admit, I mean, it was e- It was just kind of easy to go mm-hmm. here and then do monitors and be good, yeah. but act humble and be play submissive games to the yeah. authorities, which they love. And then you Feeds just go into right, their egos. and you just go right to the you know. And it's not long before right. I'm backstage with Mark or on stage right. or leading. I mean, it just it just goes that way. But you're just playing a game, and and yeah. you know, and they have game. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's these are just emergent human qualities. But still. I mean, I feel bad about that and even thinking about it. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I, can, I just can't ever land on what to do about authority. It gets weird. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I wanted to do today. Here is a so – I found out an ex, such an exciting piece of news the other day. And well, it, well, a, well. It sounds like a simple headline. All teachers are dead? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, this is such a simple headline, but I just – as soon as I saw it, I just realized – you know, I thought it was really profound – because, you know, you know how you're always thinking about the, well, the future is going to be crazy. The future is going to be crazy. And you can look back 10 years and say, we didn't have this 10 years ago. Do you remember before we had cell phones and all that right. stuff? But it's happening. You just, if you just take a second, it's happening right in front of your face. It's now this, like things are changing so fast. And if you just pay attention to it, you should be marveled at, at it, I really think. And, and it, this is just up my alley, but the Deal is podcasts are now more popular than blogs. Gee. So think about that for a second, and we're going to talk about it for a long time because I have so many thoughts about it and related to that. But podcasts more than blogs. You remember blogging just being the biggest thing? Yeah. It still is big. I mean, it's though, huge. But, of course but it, it is. Yeah, but that, and so it was that, amazing. That makes what you're saying even more profound. Because right, blogs are still big and right. useful, and they change the world. Right. You know? Like, if in fact, now that we're talking about it, the authorities kind of flipped out on the on the bloggers, like you know the establishment Christian people mad at uh, Jen Hatmaker and other yeah, people right. because like they're not under authority, but they're, right. they're blogging people <laughs> listening. Oh my gosh, you know, like. Right. But it, it, here it goes, and it's so exciting. Now, podcast has eclipsed blogging. So the what, how, what's the stats there? The well, number of podcasts or the number of downloads? Well, of podcasts? It, you could measure them different ways. Yeah, so okay. whether it be whatever, but in this particular, so one, more people are consuming podcasts. Well, th- this particular analytic is Google search trends and the behavior gotcha. of people analyzed across a bunch of different ways demonstrate. I mean, w- yeah. you know, hours can. Cons- I mean, there's a lot of different ways Not, you could measure it. But a quick, quick guess too before you go into all of your shenanigans, as I would say that part of it has to do with the fact that you can listen to podcasts while you're doing mm-hmm. anything. Whereas if you're going to read a blog, that is what you're doing. But it's not just podcasts that I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is my favorite thing on earth, speech, talking. <laughs> it's about. It's not about podcasts. It's about verbal speech right. in humans, right. which is the best. I, I, I've, I've said for a long time, it's the best, it's the I, I'm sure somebody else says it, or maybe I'm wrong about it, but it's at least one of the most powerful tools that humans have that make the difference in us and the animals is verbal language and passing of knowledge in that way. Yeah, there's, I mean, that is the big deal. It's what we've evolved for. We have innate centers in our brains that are made for speech. That's been proven. It's not something we. It's a big deal. It's like the it's the biggest deal ever that we have speech. So speech is now taking over text, and when you start saying that. 
you know, people have different reactions, but I'm going to go through a little bit of it here. This is some of the, the stats on it. I mean, first of all, that Marco Polo alone is just so crazy to me. Mm. It's like you're in the room with people now. It's like wild. It's, that's a whole other level than any chat room or And Facebook you definitely comment. get a, a deeper uh, understanding 100%. of who they are. Yeah. And then, um, you know, think about all the virtual assistants out the Echo Dots and the series right. and the Amazon things out there. Yeah. The Google searches, like everybody has those now and are, are, are used to them. And then, of, cor- of course, I see Toby do it all the time. He'll sit there on the couch and voice text to somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it turns into some dumb, stupid little awkward sentence and then goes as text to the other person who then reads it out loud. But you said it. All you had to do was say it. Right. You know, but you converted it to text and lost the information, right. and lost the inflection and yes. all that stuff and gave a caveman text to your wife. Right. And that's kind of like, I don't know, that always drives a little crazy. Backwards. You know, and then even search is crazy now. So right now, 20% of mobile searches are voice. Wow. 20%. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy. That that seems pretty big. It is big. Now, this one's even bigger is when they asked a bunch of people, when did you start using uh, voice search? 41% of those people said in the last six months. What? So that's the right now that's, that's insane. Th- that is right now good gosh 41 percent in the last six yeah months. that means a year ago it's like i don't know what do you mean what are you talking about and gosh. then now wow. it's everybody that just i mean if you're not quite there yet whatever yeah. you'll be there you just obviously will be there soon you know and they said in uh 2020 it'll be 50 percent of searches that's that'll be tomorrow it'll be 50 percent, and then here we go after that there was six uh no i'm sorry there's a billion voice searches a month on google Wow. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I think I got that one right. Maybe I wrote that one down wrong. But when, you, when, you, billions, when they're I saying mean, voice searches, it means like a uh, Siri type thing. Like you yeah, say, you don't type in the browser what you're looking for. Right. You just ask Siri. Yeah. You know? Wow. So people are like, people are talking straight to the thing. Uh, it is the craziest. This is the coolest one. This one's so cool. And I didn't, uh, Reva just got me this a minute ago. 30% of voice searches don't involve a screen. What? So can you think just for a minute about that? How oh, I the can. significant I mean that means you can just talk to your, you know, oh, sono speaker. Yeah. It doesn't have a screen, right? Because oh. you know how people actually complain about screens all the all the funny right. does go, oh, screens are bad, or right. stirring the screen. No, you're not even not even don't eat it's not even screens. We're just oh ta- getting information. It's right. just happening. It's just here. It's right. crazy. Play the Joe Rogan podcast. Right, you don't it. you don't have to get glued to your screen like right. the buddy duddies say. That's good. I mean, and if you have problems with screen issues, well, good. Just talk to Siri; she'll tell you a bedtime story, and, then, and she'll sing you a song or whatever. Right. Alexa will, you know. But it's <sighs> she, you're talking to them, and there's a bunch of other stuff that you know you could go into from that. But I mean, that's I want to go into some things I think are just world changing about that. But it, it was I mean, just in it, 2001. It, do y'all remember how hard it was to text somebody? Oh, 2001. I mean, we didn't even really have a cell phone or anything yeah that was absurd and any texts were like 25 cents a text or something yeah, yeah, unreal it's yeah, like yeah. crazy like you, people <laughs> say don't and people would say don't text, text. me because it <laughs> yeah, charges yeah, yeah. me on my end yeah definitely. don't do it call me or you know you had your minutes limited and everything but the thing that is really crazy about this even and, and you might even be getting into this in a minute matt i can't believe like siri or it because it, it's not there yet completely understanding me but to understand a thought in my head and I verbalize it and a computer can understand it. That is just shocking to me. Yeah. Like I do believe that's an unreal technology. Yeah, it really like, is. You know how it can predict when you're typing? What, right. I mean, like you start a sentence and it already knows what you're going to yes. ask it and the answer. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's wild. But it's either way, it's coming. Here we go. So the, one of the controversial things, I think some people wouldn't maybe bristle out a little bit, but to me, speech has always been primary and I've always been kind of anti-text. Now, I understand I have biases there because I'm a really poor reader. Right. So I don't like to look at letters or numbers written down. I hate it. Right. But I've lived my whole life in this state where information I want, unfortunately, is that is in damn text form. Right. I've always struggled with it. Like I hate reading books, but I make myself read books because I need information. I love yeah. it. I love it. So I've, I've always been, you know, so now I'm in audiobooks, you know? And so now I'm in... Because I think speech is the primary thing. And then you got to look at, I know people are so addicted to saying, but books are good and you need, you'll always need books. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even at all need to make a case against text or books. It's right. like 
one of the most useful tools we've ever had in the printing press and right. all that. Of course. But are we could, could are we maybe not going to a whole new place that like dwarfs that? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to stay that way. Like, I, I don't know, but this seems pretty significant. Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, think what do about- you mean by opposed to books? Like, okay, well- what I'm saying is I know, and I've learned lately, that if I go <laughs> strong against something like, say, books, or people hear, hear me start saying books are bad, gotcha. then that's, I don't want to well, get into that argument. That's right. not my point. Books are like a hammer. Right. And there's, we built the whole world with this hammer, and now we have power drills and saws and you know, right. well, power tools. 100%. It's Maybe it's better. It's not that books— Or, or it, also, you'll still need the hammer, too. We, yeah, we'll need it all. Exactly. Books aren't bad, right. but that does not at all mean they're the most efficient way to translate for information. They will be, though. For, yes, but for example, in the future, it might be way more efficient to hear somebody tell you something than go to an almanac. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or something like that and go, okay, well, I'm going to look back at this thing and this— or microfish. You're yeah, not going to yeah. go back to microfish anymore right. or anything like that. Like being more efficient with information, most likely in most ways, <laughs> yeah. is going to be better. So Half we, of our listeners do not even know what you're I know, talking about. They're the like, microfish. what's those microfish thing? <laughs> little tiny fish, little tiny, little tiny bass. Fish, yeah. <laughs> okay, before we go any farther, I got to take a second and tell everybody about ZipRecruiter. I don't know if you know this or not, but hiring is something that used to be tremendously difficult. You would have to, I don't know, go all the way back to classified, making classified ads or help wanted signs and stuff like that. But even more recently, it's been multiple job sites and stacks of resumes since we've gone to the digital age. Just been, it's gotten even more complicated and difficult and confusing, and it just takes so much time. But today, hiring can be easy, and uh, all you have to do is go to one place, and of course, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Christian. And again, there's nothing more important for your business and the stuff you're doing than the team that you have, the people surrounding you, the talent. That is certainly true in business, arts, entertainment, anything. The talent that you have around you is the most important thing. ZipRecruiter is how to find the best because it's efficient. Okay, so ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Where they have a powerful matching technology, and ZipRecruiter can scan through thousands of resumes and find people with the right experience and invites those people to apply for your job. So as the applications come in, ZipRecruiter can analyze them, spotlight the right ones, and get you a great match. And it's so effective that 80% of employers who do it get a quality candidate within the first day. And that ain't never happened with a help wanted sign in the window. You know what I'm saying? So with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is America's highest rated hiring site. And right now, the craziest part of all is our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-D-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, badchristian.com slash ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. But you you know like the speech is contains so it's much more dense medium, you know text oh, yeah. is stripped down. Te- right. uh, you know speech, you know it's like we do bedtime stories and nursery rhymes. This right. is how we've evolved to learn. It, it contains you know volume and pitch and tone and pace and inflection and you know emphasis and it, uh, timing. All those things are in speech and they're not necessarily yes. in text. There's they have right. their own qualities and it's just. We're about. We might be about to unlock something that's pretty profound, given the fact that there's a lot of people that might actually be smart or capable that just are averse to that medium. So we're oh, going to yeah. unlock creative talent that has not yet been unlocked. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's just like you know, like I heard Sam Harris say that he just doesn't even understand why he'd write books. His podcast reaches more people faster, cheaper better and you can take as long as you want to think out what you want to say on a podcast it doesn't right. have to be improvised bullshit like this podcast is this this is not a substitute for a well-written book for instance yeah and you can even of have course, written but, notes or you know yeah, you, can, you, you can still it. have text I, for it as, as an assistant or whatever i'm everything i'm saying right now i wrote down on right a, i mean i'm using cards right now that i wrote down some of this, these stats and stuff on so right. it's a good thing but you know you're gonna see audio you, you know people now are doing the audio books and podcasts and the audio books where you can click it and go right to the kindle version has the charts and the math right. part of it. Yeah. And then you can go back to the audio book. It's going to be seamless. And so obviously creators are going to start creating audio primary content that right. defies the boundary of book, audio book, podcast. It's, yeah. just, it's just boom. There's just every possibility in the world. And that's huge if you care about education or you know learning at all. Right. Because like, there's the, some of the most brilliant people are not, maybe not good readers. So I, I think there's something really crazy coming because even the talent of the the most brilliant people to make stuff 
are going to have, there's going to be more of them that that's accessible to, and it's going to enrich the lives of the average person, and it's going to make regular content accessible to people that couldn't have ever gotten it, like learning disabled people right. will now have access to understand concepts and philosophy and shit. Right. So that's just that's well, a big deal. I think for me too, like like just the audible books that I read, um, I realize that I am. I sometimes look at books as overwhelming. I go, I got to read yeah, that whole like thing. Golly, what is this? When I think of an audible book, I really start with my mentality as entertainment. Right. Even if it's an interesting, you know, exactly. a nonfiction book or whatever it might be, a science book, whatever it is. So I start at a better place than, oh man, this overwhelming thing. And I get the same information in a better way. And stuff sticks out to me differently. Mm -hmm. Like I'll hear that and I'll go, wait a minute, hold on. How did it? We're here right now. What did I miss? I can rewind. I go back, and I don't feel like there's any, like, uh-oh, I've been reading this right. whole page, and it's gone. Yeah. I don't feel that way I mean, anymore. you're Even a if good I miss example them, I just, yeah. of somebody that I think has insanely interesting and keen insights, but you're not, you're, you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're at, Toby's not your average intellectual, right. oh, you right. know, right. pencil pusher, you know, philosophy professor type. Right. But you you like those subjects. Yes, I do. It's just, you know, so I it's this weird thing that I think the people that don't want to get with this, I have this weird suspicion that the elite, you know, and the snobby and the intellectuals, you know, they kind of pretend to have a monopoly on intellectualism, you know, mm -hmm. and it's always kind of bothered me a little bit. And it's like, you know, college professors with their this, you know, scarves and psychology <laughs> and introverted big yeah. vocabulary. Huge home library. And, and they are the ones that know about philosophy or stocks and or that's, blah, blah, all this stuff, stuffy stuff that's like, to me, I've always... I thought I was supposed to avoid those subjects because those were for those people. And that's not the people I like to hang out with. Right. But I love those, a lot of that, those subjects. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd like to participate in them, but not if I had to go sit and hmm, get, read the New York times. All morning. You know, right. Think about reading the newspaper every day. I've never done that in my life. I've it always, looks like I don't have to. I've always thought there's a little bit of a pretentious attitude too. When I see people always like posting quotes or telling mm -hmm. me a quote or something like that. As if like, they're going to the, resist this voice the, revolution. Is yeah, what I'm they suggesting. are, but what they did was they they are smart, they are intelligent, they're all these things. But they remember and reduce a book or something to this one thing, and then you go, "Oh, that that must be smart, or that must That's be right. this way, or whatever." Whereas I'm a person that really values the whole idea of a book more than like you're not. You, I'm most likely I'm not going to ever remember a quote from a book, but I'm going to be able to talk about a book or or something. You have been personally enriched, right? But the, not. Got quotes to show off. Right, with. I, I'm not showing. I'm not going to show off on anything. Yeah. But but I get the idea, and I like the, how the idea challenged me way more than that. And so I think you're right in a way. It's always been this certain group that seems like almost their elect or whatever because yeah. they can read a book and pull out these quotes same way as people read the Bible and pull out a verse. It doesn't capture the whole Bible. They like to but, monopolize the. T I think they're. I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong about that. But I feel like that group who dominates I, probably academia and other stuff is. Gonna try to. I wish I had like resistant. a name of a person I could just be like that. They're an asshole, smart, <laughs> smart, super smart asshole. Hey, here, here's a here's a weird question, and maybe we can't get into it right now. But you could, in the future, you're probably going to be able to take uh, some nonfiction information and just download in someone's maybe. brain. Would there be any good or any fun in downloading a? fictional book to someone's brain like would somebody be like oh that's cool that i have that in my head that well, was that that's a fun thought I now would. I re really like a stephen king book or something yeah like, like you good. don't have to read it but it's downloading to your head and you can be like how would you react to that Ooh, that was fun you would, you huh. just be basically creating a memory of a of fiction then I, I don't know what it would feel like but basically it's uh, downloaded to toby and he's like oh i read that Huh. Like uh, that's, I have yeah, that's I have all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing, though. If if I like deep and conceptual thinking, and you know, I think I I would have always liked math, and I'm obviously good at stuff like probability, but I just thought those were subjects for not not me or something, you know. Right. And, uh, economics and psychology and science, those are all things I like, but just I didn't assume I could do it or something. Right. I don't know. I, it's just weird like that. But here's it, the it thing. It just felt too overwhelming, probably. Right? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just that didn't seem like the crowd I wanted to run with. You're just oh, spending too much time in the detention, right? <laughs> yeah, or know. maybe it felt pretentious and you didn't but, want to but be But if there. you think about it now, so here's what I'm Here's what I, I'm just like, if I'm right about this, it'll be the happiest thing of my life. But I'm wondering if it's possible that we're about to see a blue-collar intellectual explosion. <laughs> huh. 
Can you follow that yes. logic? You know exactly yeah. what I mean by that? Like, how smart, actually, now, can you not believe Joe Rogan is? Oh, right. I thought he was just some meathead. Right. Nope. He's got one of the most turbo brains ever, you know? And right. you hear these podcasters that are not at all, like somebody you'd ever thought about as deep, conceptual thinkers. I mean, right. Adam Carolla is just, he's obviously just so smart and has right. so much ability that now we can all share in that they were never going to write books. Right. And now you get all that. Yeah. Because it's been unlocked. So, I mean, p- how many other people out there are there that just, there's so much, they have so much to give and the people that can receive it. Oh, that's, that's a really, gonna, gotta change that's the a really world. interesting thought. Books were like a reserved intellectual yes. space. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's a reserved, inter- this is where intellectuals go and are. And now you're actually seeing people being very pro- provocative and thoughtful. And because I've always thought that, like, I am from the South. I sound country, I sound like a redneck, and I know so many rednecks that people think are dumb and rednecks and whatever mm-hmm. they think a redneck means and all this stuff, and they are very smart. They are very intelligent. They, they, I think they're they smarter a, than the latte they theology can, guy. They know a lot you know about saying? the world, and, and now you're going to see a little bit more, and, and they're more thoughtful than people think, and maybe there's things, obviously, everybody needs to change, but I'm just saying the idea of just uh, – uh, a book being the only way you can get there, you go, ah, screw it. Yeah, so uh, just stay away from the topic because it's right. whatever. But right. I think right. that, you know, the people that show off with the latte posts and their theology, it's like, <laughs> I don't think those are the smartest people. Oh, no, no. That's no. Just, you know, yeah. but I think you're going to see blue collar people. But I'm telling you, the craziest thing about that is this is the, all those stats I said are crazy already, but it's the absolute beginning. Like, this is tip is tip tip right. of some iceberg. Right. And I just think it's cool because it's the future. Like, pay attention now and just watch this unfold. It's going to be wild because, you know, it's, it could be as big of a deal. I, I might be getting at, at, ahead of myself here, but it could be as big of a deal with some of this stuff as, you know, printing press or something. Yeah. Like, it's a re- it could be a revolution. I don't know exactly if it will be, but it's like you're really utilizing yeah, I was gonna, speak, humans. Speaking of that, just on – this, I, I hope this isn't a side note. Do y'all think the printing press, like when you think about that, is, is the internet bigger and more than that? Like it's, as far as world close. changing, like yeah. I, I know I understand the printing I mean, press and information, be, yeah. but like the the internet allowed every single person potentially. It's I'd the say. biggest thing since the printing press. Yeah. I'm just saying the speech part of it has the potential to unlock. It has well, the potential saying, to though, unlock this, more. The printing press was about people getting information and storing information. This right. is, I guess, similar, but this is in a way where, like what you're talking about point. right now, it's opening up doorways for people that never even had a way. Right. But let's, okay, so let's go a little bit farther into that. And I think this is unarguable. Like this, if if nothing will hammer my point home, it would be more than this. <laughs> you like how Matt tries to set this up as it's inarguable? I yeah. think, <laughs> I, I, yeah. well, I'm trying to build good arguments. And yeah, th- this is the this is the thing that really, I don't know how to argue. I'm, I'm, all, I, I'm more open to criticism than you might think, but I'm okay. just saying if you can find if you can find a flaw in what I'm saying, feel free to stop me. But I know Joey can. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: the, this whole deal with the speech being primary, everybody can talk, and then we got text and writing, and then ever since then we've been fighting the battle of literacy, literacy rates. Right, yeah. it's been the biggest deal ever. That's right. how we measure entire societies. Like, right. well, if we can get the literacy rate up, then it'll be they'll be okay, right? Yeah. Because why? That's how you excel. That's how you make it in life. How? Why, why does literacy help you make it in life? I'm saying that's how people view well, it. No, well, but it's true. It has always been true that literacy yeah. will help you make it in life. I'm asking why. Well, because, because that's why? how you communicate information. That's, that's how, how you, you get gather information. information. That's how you pay, pay oh, your okay. bills. But is it yeah. easy to learn to read? Uh, uh, it's relative. Well, many people around the I, whole world I'd clearly say, don't. Know yeah, how I'd say to. it's not so easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Is it as easy as learning to talk no. or listen to talking? No. <laughs> not, not even close. Not right? even close. Okay, so we've been battling actively with billions of dollars in resources in in America or in the Western world, literacy. 86% of people are literate in the United States, 14% of people are not. Now that's up. What did you just say? 86 The literacy rate in America is like 86%. You're. That's real? Literacy, yeah, not illiteracy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I was totally on the opposite. I was like, 
Fourteen percent of Americans I, can read. I, I didn't want to tell y'all. I don't. I, I'm illiterate. I, I don't know illiterate between literate. Oh, well, but I'm just saying, fourteen percent okay. of people still in huge. America yeah, still can't read, are not can't can't read, and that doesn't at all speak to dyslexic people or people like right. me and every, who just and, simply are averse to. And it, it does not speak to IQ. Of course not. Right. I would love to know the percentage of those who are super super old people that that didn't really do much schooling yeah well i mean that's that's part of it but uh, you know i'm just saying even in america think about how many americans uh, anyway you see where i'm going with this right the the verbal rate has got to be 99 point something automatically in every country in the world yeah Yeah. well that's speech is for them they don't don't even need a screen never had to read anything just talk to the thing get the information go for it so not only is that huge in america but that's like you'll add as soon as the developing countries where the literacy rates are 38% in, you know, some African countries and stuff like that, they're in the 19% in uh, Niger- uh, Nigeria, I think Reva said earlier, yeah. stuff like that. It's that they can't read, but they know how to talk. Right. They know how to listen. Not to communicate. Yeah. yeah. And so if you, if, if the, the formats for that, that's, that's, we're adding billions of people to contribute to society, and first of all, they can help themselves, but also some there's some geniuses out there right, that live right. in Nairobi or in some place that don't know how to read. Right. So this is like could you know change every single thing in the world, and this is the kind of stuff we need to have uh, like find out how this is how we're going to do stuff like solve the existential risk problems. And you definitely I mean, and, it's and, like and, the, and you know that the pushback is going to be this generic yeah, but reading. But books, you know, well, you I, not, read. Not, I won't say one bad thing about books. They're the best. It's the only way we could have gotten here, right? Is through. Well, my, my mind is racing through different scenarios. Like, for example, well, I mean, how are you going to be able to cook? Oh, well, that's easy. Well, hey, how can I cook this apple pie? Blah, 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 and then you have the directions told to you. Now I'm thinking driving though, like directions and telling this. But I guess you can just. MapQuest and tell them to speak this of stuff course. out. MapQuest so talks to you. I mean, yeah. it's just <laughs> you know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. It's happening right under your feet. You know, right. MapQuest. Yeah, <laughs> but this is just the beginning of, of all this stuff. I mean, just it's get like, on MySpace, get the MapQuest. So this is the first time anybody's been able to simply interact with speech. We now we get to see the generations of people that begin primarily with it as fundamental for their learning. So it'll take a whole nother. Even once the technology is up and out, you'll. There'll still be. It'll still take a generation for people who got to grow up with it. Native. All right. Once the, so I, it's, I, I it's do like, want to connect some dots that I'm not getting. I don't think our listeners are either. You said uh, once the technology is up and out. What do you mean? The, the technology I, I, is already there as far as not in Googling Somalia. Something. It's not, and okay. a lot of people don't have smartphones. Only a certain okay. amount of people listen to podcasts. So basically, the, the technology that yet. we have is just not widespread. Yeah, Siri's not that good at listening to you yet. Right. But it's already amazing. But right. it's going to be out of this world. And so now, then there's going to be the creators will be the first wave. And then once the, the creators and the brilliant people have adopted new mediums that we don't even know what they are yet, I'm not predicting to even know what they are, then there will be people who are born into the world that start learning in, you know, primarily from that. So you have a generation of people that that generation is going to, who even, I mean, that's a crazy explosion. Yeah. The, like not only the creating of the new styles of content, but the people who grow up in the immersion of it. Like remember the difference in people who grew up with the internet and didn't. Right. Yeah. Well, think think about growing up in the post speech era where literacy is less of a big deal. Yeah. Now people hear me say, "Oh, now nobody's going to learn to read because of you." I mean, but get over it. I mean, let's work together on this. I'm not trying to be negative against text. But I'm just saying, as a person who's text averse. It's pretty exciting. But I do think it's such an interesting question, though, if we think about technology presenting very important questions like how important is reading? How important is a multiplication table? I don't know. Like, seriously, you can totally get on your calculator and do any multiplication fact. Boom. You know, it's right. Like, it it is really interesting. Are those things important if something else can do it for you? At the moment, they're somewhat important. Right. That's all I could say. Because I, I do personally value the fact that I'm pretty decent at math and percents and decimals and fractions and adding fractions. Like, it's helpful when I'm doing recipes and those sort of, like, I'm glad I can do that. But is it that good, that useful? Well, I mean, everybody's always going to be conservative. Like, we're all I'm saying is I, maybe I represent 
uh, uh, something. But in general, things are going to go slow and people are going to be conservative and late to adopt things. But I would like to at least encourage people to like get going, like start noticing that the future is now. Here we go. Pay attention. You, if you have a good idea, maybe it's not as crazy as you think. Yeah. Maybe go ahead with that idea. Maybe try it out. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe you've always thought philosophy was something you couldn't do. I bet you can. Just go to iTunes U and listen to a, a, a college course on it. You, right. You don't have to read a book. Right. I made your day when I showed you uh, William's little origami mm-hmm. wallet. Yeah. You about lost your mind. Uh, so it makes me so happy. <laughs> I mean, just simply learned how to make something amazing. You know, that's just, it's, it's, it's going to be real exciting. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I'll spin you in one other bonus direction. I mean, that's the end of all that. But one bonus direction is, what do you think about how people, the manners with which people and kids should be trained to speak to these virtual assistants, though? The manners? I read a story about it. The it manners? Kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Like, there's people that are telling their kids, you know, don't, they're talking to Siri like she's their slave or something. Oh, yeah, yeah Or being yeah. rude or just, like, demanding information. Right. And the parents, like, people are starting to correct kids for being... Don't you talk to Siri like that. No, we don't talk to anybody like that. That's right. Right. But I read an article about it that says that that could be extremely dangerous. Really? Yeah, because you start teaching, you know, like you're teaching them that these machines and stuff like our people, and that's just going to be super confused. Like there's going to be a bunch of weird outcomes to like, you know, because are you supposed to listen to one? What about strangers? Like like the the ramifications that are crazy. Like how, how much should... Right, you should respect or treat Alexa like a person. What right. damage might that do to your kid? Yeah. Like, how do you, like we don't? There's going to be so many. You have to navigate yeah. that carefully because I don't know. You're right. Like, I mean, you'll just have to word it the right way. But I mean, because you don't want your kid acting ugly or saying mean stuff, even to like a video game or whatever it might be. But at the same time, you can't let them think it's a alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there? I wish I had the. I don't Ooh. have the article up, but it it, it was giving <laughs> some really scary outcomes of like that it, sounds petrifying. You know, you start given too much deference to artificial intelligences and stuff like it's yeah but imagine just, imagine a huge uh increase in robots that talk and carry on conversation and do things for humans yeah. uh, you're going to have to be mannerly you know what i'm saying i mean if you're if you're interacting with just as many robots as you are humans then how would a kid like differentiate as far like just flip from robot mode to human mode. I mean, there's if there's going to be some if they go through a drive through and it's a robot and then they go into the department store and it's a human, they're just supposed to switch over. I don't robot know. talk uh, and uh, human uh, talk. Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I don't know. But th- there's a uh, look look up that article. I wish I had had it. You know, blue yeah. collar intellectual explosion sound exciting. That to sounds else? pretty fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just to me, it just kind of seems obvious. Speaking, everybody talks. Everybody's I mean, got, yeah, got to get Holy back. shit! No. I can't take it, Toby. I'm sorry. I just can't take it anymore. Oh no, Toby's better. Mike's here. Professor, Professor Dickhead over here, and Pastor Pisses Pants <laughs> talking about all this audible shit. Do you know that I work with children who are deaf? That's 466 million deaf motherfuckers <laughs> in the world, and Mike, y'all are talking Mike. about everything's going to be awful. What the fuck about them? So, are you fucking kidding me? Mike, so, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't handle it. I was outside on the porch smoking. I heard this motherfucker talking all, all day about audible shit. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> What are you gonna say, okay, Professor? Sorry, what I'm about sorry, the Mike. deaf fucks? I care about them. Do you, Mike? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I, I promise you did Mike, not. Mike, calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> it didn't cross my mind. It didn't cross my mind. Thank God, those little motherfuckers that I love like my own children can't hear this shit. Fuck! I'm out of here. Toby, I'm sorry. You told me not to do this. I couldn't fucking help it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I oh, guess, guys, guys, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. He is so passionate. He works with deaf children at this school. I Toby, mean, I just they I, can't I, hear listen, him, listen. so he, he gets listen. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I want to apologize to you because I, that just makes me laugh, and I don't want to feel it's like okay. I don't take no, anything don't he says into consideration. I, I thought y'all were gonna be offended. He I just, can't help. He's but laugh passionate. At that. Sorry. He's passionate about audible issues for sure. So. And I mean, he makes a good point. He really does. Here, I, I promise you, and I, I, I will. I do apologize to Mike, and you know, I understand yes. that hearing impairs the issue. And I'm not 
did no. not trying to obviously leave should that we, out. I think that's not really the main point I was making, but I do understand. Should that. we circle did back not around think with it. Mike at some point and apologize? I mean, bring that He'll up. He'll be okay. Or, he's he's yeah. back outside smoking. He's just, you know, he came to visit, you know, and, and is here with me. And so he he promised me he knows he lets his emotions get the best of him. He just, he just can't take it. That's right. just one of his passions. No, for I sure. know it. I that and working out. So, it's all he cares about is working two, out. Two things. Death. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's two things that he cares about. <laughs> okay. That, um, but yeah, anyway, I appreciate that and apologize for that. So uh, I'll tell you what, we got Taylor calling in here. Ooh, nice. Yep. So Taylor's going to call in with a BC Club update. So we'll move on to that. Great. Okay, Taylor, can you hear us? Howdy from dry and hot San Antonio. I don't oh, envy boy. you. Back at you from hot and dry Chico, California. Yeah. <laughs> well,. <clears throat> And I'll tell you what, I mean, y'all are from the East Coast. I, I know people keep in that argument about dry heat is still heat and all that stuff. Right. But I'll tell you what, when I go back East and I have that humidity and it's 95 outside, mm-hmm. it's miserable. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Taylor, managing the BC Club, running it, doing all this stuff. There's one thing that I hadn't seen you on, and that's that Marco Polo group. What's the deal with that? Yeah. Yeah, you little bitch. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Well, my my wife and her friends are all on it. I I did I thought it was kind of silly until I saw. I think Joey was the first one to mention it on the podcast that one time, and uh, y'all were making fun of him because you didn't know what it was. Well, you but, know, Seacoast, uh, we're early ad- adopters. We we kick ass in the church world. We're always you know uh, entrepreneurs with that kind of stuff. You're entrepreneurs. That's, that's, well, yeah, that's the, the wrong word. <laughs> so look, I, I I don't want to know, or I don't know if. The BC Club adapted it because they heard you talk about it, or if they found out about it separately. But that was me, Taylor. This, well, I'll give you credit, Thank but you. I don't think you deserve it. But okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, Marco Polo. I mean, should we even talk about what it is? Yeah, so yeah. Knows? Just explain what, to it. Yeah, because we already have the BC Club and the Facebook page, which we always and all these subgroups, and it's this big community that's all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's gone to some crazy level with the Marco Polos. It's basically right. video. Well, I mean, it's it's basically video chatting where one person's talking, but you can watch like video them as they're talking. Yeah, video walkie talkie, and and we have a group right, of like a hundred and ten people doing well, it. Let Taylor tells about the groups. He <laughs> he knows about them. Well, you know what's what's cool about it is I I think Bethany Hatch, and mm-hmm. if she's not the one that got the credit for it, I'll, I'm sorry for. It, but Bethany Hatch got on there, and everyone was talking about downloading the Marco Polo app and wanting to get all the BC clubbers uh, on it and together and talking. And so Bethany started this thread in the BC club and the Facebook group. And she just started accumulating phone numbers. I mean, people are just posting their phone numbers left and right. And before you knew it, people were posting screenshots of like, I've been at work for three hours. I put my phone down and I have 525 (laughs) notifications from the BC club, Marco Polo group. And um, so I, I did a little investigating. So we've talked about some of the sub Facebook groups that have sprung off from Bad Christian. And right now, I think that count is up to 62 BC no way. club. I had no idea. That much. Um, and uh, in addition to that 62, there's 20 BC club Facebook groups just for different regions of the country. So you're talking about 82 sub BC or Bad Christian themed groups have spawned from just the main BC club page that we awesome. set up. But on top of that, I thought there was just one main Marco Polo bad Christian channel or whatever you want to call it. Turns out there are 20, there are 20 <laughs> bad Christian Marco Polo channels in addition wow. to 82 Facebook groups based on bad Christians. So, uh, and none of those were in spot or created or run or done by us yeah we don't we certainly don't control them i didn't know about them and i've only been into one or two of them but the thing is wild about it is it's just so active and somebody uh marco polo sent an email and said to uh to somebody in the in, yeah, in one in of the touch. groups they want to talk to me now and they want to talk to us because i don't know if people are using marco polo the way we are but they said it's like you know breaking some records or some usage thing where the way we're using it is like beyond there's more people in bigger groups doing more things than than it was most people use it for that is crazy it's fun I mean, we're bringing the kingdom to Marco Polo is what there we're doing. Go. Well, I mean, we've just been talking about on this episode about, you know, the the technologies and speech and being more interactive and how that's going to be a really good thing. Because the thing you notice about it is immediately, I used to think, oh, this guy, he's this way. I see his profile pic. I think I know who he is and the way he comments. And then you get in there and you see him talking in real time and just posting. You're like, oh, there's way more to that guy than I thought. So, so much more connected to understand who people really are. 
So that's one thing so that's what amazing all, about it. All the work you guys have put into your music over all the years and all the work you've put into podcasting. And what if it's Marco Polo that ends up bolstering bad Christians at the top? This, this, you know, your, your life's work uh, just has been done by a few people that wanted to start a couple of Marco Polo groups. And Marco Polo is what puts bad Christian into the national spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Would be funny. We've just been waiting on the technology to catch up to our brilliance is what it is. <laughs> well, awesome. well, speaking of your music and everything, I mean, I, I know uh, y'all are heading out on tour soon in August. And uh, I, I know you're heading to Texas because that's, right. that's where I am. But yep. I know there's a couple other places y'all are, are going. But um I don't want to get his name wrong. So I don't want to butcher it like Joey does, but I might. Uh, <laughs> George Barahona, Barahona, Barahona. No, it's Barahana. Barahana. It's Barahana. Barahana. Yes. Uh, he uh, he posted in the BC Club group that he is coming from California to the show in Austin just to meet up with other BC Club people uh, that are down in Texas That's and come out to the show. And so cool. you know. I see this more and more. I think in a couple episodes ago, we talked about the meetup going on in St. Louis, but more and more, I see these friendships that have started in a Facebook group and have come to where so-and-so is flying out or so-and-so is taking an eight-hour road trip to go see these people. Um, I think uh, Jeremy Orris, uh, a guy out in Nevada, I think I saw that he was flying out or driving out to St. Louis for the meetup up there. So it is kind of cool that this community that is spread out not only all over the country. I mean, we have some international folks too, and um, people are are using this group to kind of engage in some of the topics and things that we've talked about, and real friendships have started from it. So it's it's been neat to watch it organically grow like this. Taylor well, Taylor yeah. Emery's been saying it all along, man. You were never alone, and these people are learning it firsthand. <laughs> well, I mean, it is kind of exciting to me in in a way that it's unguided and uncontrolled. Again, that's just part of the experiment, and makes me feel real good. And I'd go so far as to say that even a lot of these people that I know that are in the club and interacting and have all these relationships may be, and many of them are people that probably don't even necessarily keep up with the podcast, listen to every episode or listen at all. And I'll tell you two things about that. One, that's awesome. That's flattering. I'm thrilled about that because it just means, you know, we've just connected some people and we're going to let it do its thing. And I love that, that it doesn't have to come through us. It shouldn't have to. So I'm happy to be the conduit there. On the other hand, those of you who don't listen to the podcast anymore, I don't know why you had to go out of your way to tell me about it. You know, <laughs> I know. Just keep that to yourself. I mean, we'll all get along. But that, people like to say, you know, I don't even listen to the podcast anymore. When they'll tell me that. It's like, oh, you can keep that to yourself. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to it so long. I'm just so busy. I'm like, I don't care. You don't have to tell me that. My God. It is, it is neat, though, too, because... You know, I think a lot of people could possibly hear, oh, okay, so you, you have to give money to be in community. No, these oh, there's just... there's so many people that drop out of the club. Oh, yeah, those friendships are still in place. Yep, absolutely. No problem there. And it's, you know, we're in a time now, which sounds crazy to me, where you could ask almost anybody, and people are saying, yes, I've lost friends. Like, people now are always talking about how they've right. lost friends, and they don't talk to this person, they don't talk to their family members right. and all that shit. That... I don't I, almost as if they're proud of it because they I, I, that the whole thing is driving me crazy. So when I hear about people making friendships, you know, then that's good. It just has to be a good thing. So thank you, Taylor, for facilitating and reporting that and everything. So you know, that's all I got. If you yeah, if, if if you needed a biblical uh, character title for being part of Bad Christian, I think you would be Paul. You are Bad Christians, Paul. So thank you, the Apostle Paul. I'll take it. And go ahead and join the Marco Polo group. You have, you'll have fun in there, too. You, you belong in there. Done. That was yeah. kind <laughs> of a reprimand. Kind well, of. I mean, that's, he's the boss. I mean, I've, I've gotten yelled at at work. This is work. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in trouble in front of tens of thousands of listeners. So. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later, Taylor. All right, guys. Okay, Taylor Atkins, the oh, club Taylor. director. My God, what a nice man. I don't like it when people call me boss like that. Oh, really? Because I was just, I I was know, just making a suggestion. He heard it like it was a, like I was no, his, his boss telling him something. I, I thought he said, you are balls. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I misheard it. <laughs> Maybe but. you misheard. I, that's what hey, I heard. Hey, seriously, does it make you uncomfortable that people see you as if anyone's yeah, seriously, in charge? Does it make you uncomfortable? Uh, I can't believe you're talking like this. Go right to now. hell. With you. I've been there. I didn't like your mom's cooking. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what would you do if I died right now? Man, I would believe it fully. <laughs> I would think, yeah, he definitely like did. Right now, I feel very yeah. weird. I'd say, like, I, I feel used uneasy. a lot of oxygen on oh, that yeah. laugh. Oh, to do was. that laugh, yeah. like you're shaky yeah. now, lightheaded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, there's always 25 to 30% chance I think you could die at any moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm serious. There are times when I, like, with head rushes and stuff, I think some, some people have, I thought you said that this was a good Use your angle. microphone. Okay. Is the only, uh, now I'm considering me your boss. Use your microphone. Okay. He's your balls. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people have no, just normal head rushes. I have head rushes where I seriously think, is this it? Like you're going out? Am I going to die? Like what you you've been like I stand up and I'm like in my closet and I'm like oh gosh this this is gonna go all the way am I gonna collapse <laughs> like you see so, you see how it? often oh once a month or two once every I probably two get that twice a year twice a year yeah, yeah. yeah. where I think yeah. oh it's going all the way out I'm gonna you know and it doesn't yeah. quite like whatever I situate sometimes a shower I wonder or if there's yeah. a I wonder if there's a good rule of thumb of health things that you guys go through you can just multiply it by. 20 a year and yeah. that's pretty much me take a normal like health thing that bothers you some and put an exponent yeah. on it and you just should do what chose. i did like this no joke uh right before we left for uh for the trip to california or whatever i got super dizzy and uh been was dizzy for a whole week i just drank through it oh god that's what i would do like alcohol yes huh. it's it feels to me like it's that uh wonder drug yeah. you know what i mean like it just heals kind of everything yeah uh, in my opinion the more you the drink th- it, the better you feel until the next day when you don't. But then you drink again and you feel better. It's kind of like going back that, to the old. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Ways. And I'm worried and kind of, <laughs> kind of upset with you right hey, now. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that. Can you grab me a beer?